Hello and welcome to Speaking Truth to Power podcast. My name is Irvin Hill and I am your host. And today's topic is about commitment. And before going to further, like the reverence God, the Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit, with the helper, the comfort that we all need that teaches us and bring all things that remembers to what Christ has said to us. And the reason I want to talk about commitment is that we make a lot of commitments and a lot of things to a lot of things to a lot of people. And uh, we won't commit to Christ, but we want what Christ has to offer us. But we don't want to make that commitment. We want to ask for what he has to offer. But all at the same time, we want to take that and we want to strengthen the hands of the world. In other words, we want to strengthen the hands of the enemy, what Christ has to offer us. We turn around and get these things, are blessed with these things, and we show poor stewardship over these things. Poor, poor stewardship. And that's not good because our commitment is not to Christ. It's to ourselves. We turn so many things into a God. We make commitments to one another in our relationships, and we turn these things into a people in the gods and you don't even realize that you're doing that because before you fall to your knees you'll be begging this person for forgiveness but you will not go to Christ to ask for your forgiveness for the sins that you committed so that's why I want to talk about commitment because it's so important when you commit to Christ everything changes about you your walk your talk the way you look the way you proceed toward things, the way the decision-making you make, everything changes. So let's dive into this without further review. When we make a commitment to Jesus Christ, God grants us a new walk and a new talk. Talking to the Lord is prayer, but prayer is more than just saying what we feel. Make a commitment to Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit transforms heart, and from a transformed heart comes a new desire for what we want and need. What comes naturally to us is living according to the flesh, but Jesus teaches us how to walk and talk in the spirit. Jesus' prayer is a model prayer that seeks the reign of God's will on earth. Through it, we are challenged to put aside our personal quest for gain because what is best for us is that God's will, not our, will be done. When we pray daily, we all to acknowledge God's sovereignty. We ask the Lord to meet our basic needs because we learn it is not only through the Lord that we live and move and have our being. We make a recommitment to the Lord, confessing and repenting of, of known and unknown sin because we are working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We should also ask the Lord to give us the strength to love others as we want others to love us. We ought to tell the Lord we want to be kept by him and not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So look at that latter part that ending the yoke of bondage. And we're in bondage for a lot of reasons. Is it the, the also different type of sins? Most of us are in bondage to alcohol, uh, to marijuana, to uh, to uh, uh, cocaine, to uh, tobacco, uh, 
so many things that we are committed to. Uh, we are in bondage to lying, to sex, to to adultery. We we we're, we're just molested, backbiting. We're in bondage to this stuff because we this stuff drives us daily. A lot of us, and we got to break that bondage. And all you're gonna break that bondage is through repenting. And but we have to have the willingness. The willingness to give up what is wrong. The, the willingness to give what's wrong. The desire to give up what's wrong. To give in. And to give over. Surrender. All these things that hinder us. That have us in that yoke of bondage. We have to get rid of it. And the only way you're going to get rid of it is give it to Christ. Because he did tell us. That his burdens are light. Why are we not doing that? Why are we trying to take on these burdens ourselves that we know we cannot do ourselves? We cannot get rid of it. I scratch my head constantly about why we're why people, why even I myself at one time were not giving things to Christ the way I should have, not repenting the way I should have. But once you change, things change. Repentance about change, sorrow about what you've done, and action has to follow that. So if we're not willing to give up, willing to surrender, willing to give in, and willing to give over, we're all we're never gonna be able to make a commitment to Christ. We're always going to be going back and forward. We're gonna always constantly be falling. And every time you fall, every time we fall. We have to repent and do our first works over. That's something you're not going to hear in, in church from most pastors. They're not going to tell you if you fall, you got to do your works, first works over. That means they include them as well. Pastors, deacons. No one is no one is immune to this. If you have fallen, then you're going to have to repent and do your first works over. So if they're telling you something wrong and it's a lie and it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it's a lie. If it's their thought, if it's their theology thought, is if there's philosophy, their seminary school stuff, it needs to be biblical coming straight from what the Bible says. This is where the confusion comes in at. This is where you get... Uh, uh, you don't get an understanding what true commitment is when it comes down how God wants you to be committed to him. Because you have all this theology and, and philosophy and, and seminary and all these things thrown on because they want to sound big. Remember, listeners, God cares nothing about uh, uh, psychological and these uh, theologies and these degrees. That doesn't move him at all. Doesn't care about none of that. But what he cares about is that you're being obedient. Following the scriptures, following what he says does. That's all that matters. And this is why it's so important that we be up under up under leadership, up under a pastor that's that's anointed, that has the spirit of God, that has the same spirit that Paul had, the same spirit beginning with Christ. Disciples want to receive that same spirit. So when we get baptized, 
we'll promise that we are able to get gain the gifts of the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to be a bit more accurate than what he says in Acts 2.38. In Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. So, therefore, this is also promised to your kids as well. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God has called. So remember, it's Acts 2.38 that we should be baptized under. And if anyone is telling you that it's baptized under Matthews 28 and 19, that's not the baptism. That was just basically saying this is what I want you to go out and do. Go out and do. And he did tell him in 2819, go out and do it in my name. So therefore, it didn't get fulfilled until Acts 238 is when that 2819 was fulfilled. So if any one of you have been baptized and been baptized under 2819 and been put on the water on that, you were baptized wrong. Now, if any anyone listeners tell you that that's the right way, ask them personally to show you a scripture in the Bible that where disciples baptize anyone under 2819. Once again, if anyone tell you that being baptized under Matthew 2819 is a way that you should be baptized, ask them to show you anywhere in the Bible where the disciples baptized anyone under Matthews 28:19. Remember, 28:19 was instructions. That's all it was to go out in the world to do. So, if you've been baptized that way, you were baptized wrong. I advise you go get baptized under Acts 2:38 the correct way. So, don't be don't be afraid to challenge someone or a preacher that tells the right way. Ask him to show you where it's at. Show you in the Bible where it said not their thoughts, not their 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 theology, their philosophy. You need to see it for yourself in the Word. Show you exactly where they were baptized. Are they baptized? The site baptized anyone under at under Matthew's twenty eight and nineteen. Remember, 2019 was just instructions, a commission to tell them to go out and do something. And they did it after they received the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. Then they were able to, in Acts, to do that. As Peter said, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. So 2819 was fulfilled in Acts 238. So don't let anyone tell you anything different. It's plain as day. A third grader can look at 2819 and tell you that he was telling them to go do something. To go out and do something. It was fulfilled in Acts 238. It's simple that everything is in Christ's name. Everything that he asked him to do, he said, do it in my name. To go and do it in his name is important, like your name is important. Everything that you want, you've done, someone do something for you, your name needs to be mentioned. Who did it for you? 
who was it? Or you tell someone to go do something, uh, send someone, give instructions to go pay something, it's going to be in your name. Your name is extremely important. So, listeners, be sure to not let anyone bamboozle you and you to put the banana in the tailpipe and thinking that you don't have common sense that 2819 was just instructions. That's all it was that Christ was telling to do. And the most important thing in, in 2819 of Matthew is the name. He said, in the name. So it was fulfilled in Acts 2.38 in his name. That's important. So listeners, this has been my time. And I appreciate you listening. Uh, be sure to, uh, to like, comment, and follow. God bless. Take care.